episode number 76. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor-Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. So it's Saturday night, almost 10 o'clock, and I'm here recording this podcast episode. I have never recorded a podcast episode on a Saturday night, and certainly not at 10 o'clock. I actually always record my podcast episodes, in case you're curious, on Sundays, so that I make sure I have enough time for the editing and the publishing of each episode before it gets broadcasted each Tuesday. But this week is going to be different. I am not only going to record the episode on Saturday night, I'm going to stay awake until it's edited and ready to be published and then broadcast it, even if it's in the wee hours of the morning. And I will put it on Facebook and in the Getting Unstuck group, even though I usually only post the podcast episodes on Tune In Tuesdays. And I'm even going to send this to my weekly newsletter tonight, even though it won't be Unstuck Thursday. So what's going on? So you may have remembered in episode number 32, where I read one of the stories from my book, and I called that episode Consider Talking to God. This story had to do when I was unexpectedly and very spontaneously hospitalized. If you haven't heard that episode, you may want to tune in after listening to this one. Anyway, so in that episode, I shared how a rabbi friend of mine had come to visit me just after having undergone two major abdominal surgeries that happened over a 36-hour period, and I was probably in the worst shape of my life I had ever been. I was on narcotics for the pain every four hours, which was not even really enough for the amount of pain I was in, and I was in a really, really bad place. Anyway, I'll tell you more about that in a minute because I wrote a Facebook post that didn't quite go viral, but it received over a thousand likes, comments, shares within just a few hours of me posting it in just a couple of groups. And then by the end of the same day, an Israeli-based English online newspaper called The Times of Israel picked it up and placed my Facebook post and turned it into a blog and put it on their front page. I'm going to read it to you in just a second. But the short stuck story that went behind all of this goes like this. I have been following the blog of an amazing, superhuman woman named Ahava Emuna who for the past six years has been battling stage four cancer. I'm going to post her blog in the show notes, and you'll hear a bit more about how much her blog has inspired me. But bringing you right now to the current moment, she has started this alternative treatment called chemothermia. You can read more about that on her blog. And while she lives in Israel, and while Israel really has top medicine, they don't have chemothermia. And so she has to travel to Turkey 
for her treatments. And the treatments are obscenely expensive. And so I've been following this horrific, but hopefully life-saving treatment that she's going through via her blog. And I also noticed that a GoFundMe campaign was set up by a dear friend of the families to which I also contributed. But I don't know about you, but when you are following the life story of someone like this woman, you kind of can't help but feel helpless. Like really, what is there that I can do, right? I mean, okay, so I contributed money and I, I know, I know there's a huge, huge, huge appreciation for anybody who can help this family financially because the treatments that she's going through are not covered by insurance. And as I mentioned, they are outrageously expensive. They don't even include the back and forth flights, of course, that she needs to take between Israel and Turkey. But anyway, there's this feeling of like helplessness, you know? Have you ever felt that before? And that feeling of helplessness, it was just sitting with me like this stuck feeling, like there's nothing I can do to help this woman. And that's a terrible feeling, feeling helpless, when you want to help someone with all your heart, but you can't. Anyway, so I decided to take myself through the stuck method to see what may come of it. As I took a stop, I sat down, I closed my eyes, I took a breath. T, I told myself that I was feeling helpless. And I allowed that feeling just to run through me. I didn't resist it. I didn't try to push it away. I just allowed myself to feel helpless. You uncover. Well, I guess the only thought that really came to my mind was I believe there's nothing that I can do. And don't forget in this step, you need to challenge yourself. You need to ask yourself, Is that belief 100% true? Do I know for sure that what I'm thinking is 100% true? And so I asked myself, is there really nothing you can do? And I answered, no, I don't know if that's 100% true. See, consider, just in that moment, I said to myself, Shira, you can consider organizing a prayer event. That is in your power. That is something that you can do. I could organize a virtual prayer event, right? And try to gather as many of her friends and her family together, set a time that no matter where you are in the world, we could all come together for 15 minutes and we could all pray to God and ask God to please heal Ahava Emuna. I thought it was a good idea. I wasn't 100% sure. So I asked a few people and they confirmed it was. And so I created a very small team to help me get this going and support me in this initiative. We set a day for one week from the moment I said it's happening, which ends up it's going to be this coming Tuesday, October 9th, 2018, which is why I am broadcasting this episode early because I would love for you to join me. Anyway, on the second day of trying to spread the word on Facebook, I wrote a post, which I just mentioned to you, 
And it had a much bigger response than I had expected. And by the end of that day, it was picked up by this online newspaper. And they asked me for a name, and I told them to call it Pray It Forward. So let me read that article to you now. Four years ago, I nearly died. I was with my husband and kids on my annual trip to the United States to visit my parents, my siblings, and extended family. I only get to see my family once a year, so I always look forward to this two-week visit. But in 2014, things went terribly different from my regular trips. Four days after landing, and while standing at the Kiddush for my daughter's bat mitzvah, I suddenly, out of nowhere, felt like someone punched me right in the stomach. It was the freakiest experience in the world. Like it happened totally out of nowhere. And then, within seconds, I felt freezing. I remember asking my brother if he wouldn't mind lending me his suit jacket. And then I felt like I was going to throw up. Hundreds of friends and family had come from far and wide to celebrate with us, and I felt like a strange stomach virus was coming on. I took myself home immediately, thinking I needed to be close to a bathroom. My parents followed and strongly encouraged me to go to a hospital. But as the anti-medicine hospital person that I am, I told them, no, it's going to pass. It's only a stomach virus. It's a 24-hour thing. Plus, what hospital in America is going to take me? I was on traveler's insurance and had no idea what that would even cover. The next day, I was begging my husband to get on the phone with the insurance company in Israel and tell them, I need a hospital. Two days after being admitted to the hospital and having endless CTs, MRIs, ultrasounds, blood tests, and failed attempts at laparoscopy, the physicians, the surgeons, and the specialists were stunned and stumped as to what was going on. And then I went into septic shock all my systems stopped working. I was dying. Decisions were made for me without my consent. The next thing I would remember, 36 hours and two major abdominal surgeries to extract all the pus that was covering every organ inside my abdominal area later, they gave it a name, spontaneous peritonitis. I was told one in three people usually die from it. I had survived, but was clearly not anywhere close to seeing the light. I would be unable to get out of bed, unable to stand, unable to pass gas, and unable to eat. I would be on a feeding tube for two weeks while in the hospital. I would be unable to communicate verbally to any of the doctors. I was in the most excruciating pain I had ever experienced in my life, nothing remotely compared to any of the four natural childbirths I had gone through. Visitors came, but because of the pain, I kindly asked to limit them to nearly none. And so I was alone, and I felt alone, and I felt scared and confused, and I was filled with many, many questions. Why me? Why this? How am I going to take care of my kids when I can't even get out of bed? How am I going to take an 11-hour flight 
back to Israel. What about school for the kids? It starts next week. And Avichai starts first grade. This can't be happening. I cried a lot during that time. A lot. Cries of self-pity and victimization. And I'll never forget when a rabbi friend of mine came to visit just for a few minutes. I assumed he would just ask how I was doing or ask what I need or tell me that God is watching over me or something like that. But he didn't. He told me he was praying for me. Shira Bracha Bat Malka. He was using my name in his prayers. And not only that, he said the entire community was praying for me. The entire community. Shira Bracha Bat Malka. I was speechless. Could it possibly be that people are taking time out of their very busy days and lives to pray for me? People that don't even know me? People that have never heard of me? They're praying for me? It was something unfathomable. You see, I did not grow up religiously observant. Praying, let alone praying for other people, was not something familiar to me. Why would people who don't even know me pray for me? The enormous sense of gratitude and love that was instilled in me in that very moment brought me to tears. One minute earlier, I was feeling alone. The next moment, I was feeling enveloped in a world of hope and faith that I would get through this. Even if it would mean my husband would have to take our four kids back to Israel alone. Even if it would mean using a walker for the next month and then a cane for the next four. Even if it would mean telling my boss I would need to take a sick leave. Even if it would mean not being able to carry anything heavier than a glass of water for the next six months. Even if it would mean not being able to stand upright or use any of my stomach muscles for the next several months. Even if it would mean staying in the United States and not seeing my kids for the next two months. I would get through this. We would get through this. Because hope and faith were instilled in me by people praying for my healing. Around the time that I was sick in the hospital, I stumbled upon Ahava Amuna's blog, who for the past six years has chronicled her experiences as she, quote unquote, runs with stage four cancer. I immediately subscribed to her blog because I knew this was a superb human being. Over the past few years, she has courageously confronted her illness with optimism, resiliency, and superhuman grace. She has inspired me and so many others around the world to bring love, gratitude, and faith to our lives. I cannot come close to describing in words how Ahava Emuna has touched my life and the lives of so many others around the world. Whether you know her or not, a magical opportunity has been created to participate in a 15-minute segment of space-time, no matter where you are in the world, next Tuesday, October 9th, Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan, at 3 p.m. Israel time.
a critical mass of sincere hearts will virtually come together to raise their voices in support and prayers of healing for Ahava Amuna Lang. I will never forget how the power of prayer helped me in my journey towards healing. I would like to pay that forward and do the same for Ahava Emuna Bat Chava Etta. So that was the Facebook post that I wrote and then eventually was posted on this online newspaper. The responses that I have received from what started out as a simple Facebook post have been mind-blowing. I was actually thinking to read some of those responses to you, but I decided against it. This episode is not about the responses I received from my posts, but rather it's about considering praying it forward. And I'm inviting you to join me. By the way, I have never met Ahava Emuna before. I don't know her family. I've never even been to her community before. I really know nothing about her aside from what I've read in her blog and that she's a mother of five young kids. She's only 42 years old. And I'm assuming most of my listeners of this podcast don't know her either. And yet I'm still asking you to consider to pray it forward with me. Joining the group, of course, is free, and you can do this wherever you are in the world. So far, there are people from Israel, Australia, the United States, Canada, and South Africa. There may be others, I'm just not sure. There are about a thousand people that have joined this initiative since we started the group just two days ago. And I wanted to let you know, because my goal is that we will have 10,000 people coming together virtually from around the world, all at the same time, praying for the healing of the same woman, Ahava Amuna Batchava Etta. Will you please consider helping me make that happen? I will post the link to the Facebook group in the show notes so that it's a one click away for you to join. I will also post her blog so that you can start to read more about that if you're interested. And I will also post a link to the GoFundMe campaign. Any contribution that you could make, large or small, would be greatly appreciated by this family. Please consider praying it forward with me. Thank you for that consideration. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.shiragura.com. 